Okay, with David Van Dyke, Brink is a short film played at the Crime Mystery Film Festival. Brink is the fitting title because this character, your main character, is on the is on the brink of uh, kind of losing himself a little bit. So he uh, he does what a lot of people do, and he 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 tries to go go for broke and kind of like does this great great scheme, I guess. Right, that's the setup of your film. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of three ways that Brink is sort of playing as a title. And and one is, like you mentioned, he's he's on the brink of, and in many cases, on the brink of, um, you know, financial bankruptcy, on the brink of losing his marriage. But then furthermore, it's it's a play on Brink's truck that, you know, you know the armored truck company and uh, how he robs an armored truck. So sort of that play in there. And then even furthermore, uh, geography wise, where he's at the brink at that ravine at one part in the film, which not to spoil anything, but <laughs> there's that one moment where he's literally at a brink and going going down. So yeah, I, 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 it didn't take too long to come up with the title just because it seemed like it would be the natural fit. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's why it's called uh, called Brink. So you kind of in the, the setting from my perspective, it's like kind of like this blue collar town, kind of like uh, it's 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 like it looks like the '90s or the is, but it's it's sort of like you're in modern day, but it's like things haven't been modernized, I guess. Right? It's a really great location. So not yeah. to be not to be down on on the city that you shot it, but where did you shoot it? Yeah, totally great observation. It, it was shot in a little nook. It was actually uh, a town, just like you're describing. So sort of like older buildings, very blue collar type of things. Older folks, uh, a lot of the people that live there, and it's it's just uh, tucked away in this city called Abbotsford, who, which is already a, more of a farm city. I think their slogan is literally uh, the city in the country um, just because it's it, it has this character to it that, you know, everything is a little bit more run down, a little bit older. And it, it seemed like a great place to set the film just because of the fact that he would end up in in construction and and have to provide in sort of like these um, very extreme ways, you know, resorting to crime and, and that sort of thing. So the beginning of the film it says inspired by true event events. Uh, this is this is is this true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was pretty, I was I was pretty particular about choosing inspired by true events instead of based on a true story, inspired by a true story. I I, I said true events because I actually reached out to the real person that did this crime. Anthony Curcio and was basically like, Hey man, can I use your story? I thought this was really interesting what you've done. And I'd like to turn this into a film. And he basically said, no, it's unfortunately the rights are tied up in these different avenues. Netflix wants to do a documentary potentially. And, and basically I can't use the actual story that he and his likeness and that sort of thing. So I knew just basically being, you know, a, a passion field filmmaker that I still wanted to tell this story. So I changed the names of the locations, the characters, made sure they didn't look anything alike, added key details and story elements, plot elements to make it unique. And then in that sense, based on true events, really just meaning that the key, some of the key things that happen in the story actually happened with this guy named, named Anthony uh, Curcio. So did you know this guy personally or you just reached out to him because like, how did like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I reached out first over email. I think I don't, I don't know him personally, but okay. I, um, I reached out over email and then, and then just funny enough, it was a DM on, 
Facebook Messenger that <laughs> ended up getting me talking with this guy. And um, yeah, like super cool dude, totally turned his life around. And I, I you know, so part of making this film was to see that uh, that sort of reconciliation or just that turnaround that someone can have in their life from crime back to, you know, family and, and, and building a stronger foundation than you had before really is, is sort of what the messaging there. Well, the rationalization is that he feels like he's desperate, but he's not really desperate, but basically well, that's the rationalization to do the crime. Like, and, yeah. and so like, but he's just looking for the easy way out, I guess, if I'm being yeah. more realistic about it, I guess. Yeah. And of course, very frantic, it's coke fueled, Ins- sure. almost you could almost say he was insane in a sense because like who goes this far to try to rob a bank but in a sense it is the easier way out than what he had been stuck in or at least he thought so yeah well from personal experience there's uh liquid courage right but then there's drug <laughs> yeah. courage which is yeah. even more potent than than liquid courage so exactly yeah totally i wanted to show the potential of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's for me like that, that character you describe or even the character in the movie is like there's 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 someone who's depressed and basically they're trying to figure out how to get out of the depression through drugs or self-medication and kind of like you know like making his family whole i guess with through money i guess yeah exactly yeah there there was definitely he's in a dark place and the one way the light at the end of the tunnel in a sense is this large sum of money that he can get and then it's it's like almost painting too rosy of a picture of what's on the other side and and forgetting all the potential backfire of this action you're going to take and the, the cops obviously the, the law <laughs> but even what that does to a marriage and the potential uh you know destabilization that can happen there so tell me about the, the 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 screenplay process. Like, how was the was this like? Is this a bigger? Is this like a bigger movie here? Like, because it's twenty six minutes long, which is a long for a short film. I'm curious if you if you wrote a feature first and kind of like size it down. No, I I didn't write a feature, and trust me, in the back of my mind, I was going, "This could be a feature. This should be a feature. I I want to make this a feature, right?" But it was never written for that purpose. And I think when I started writing it, I solely knew I was going to make it a short film and I would just write until I had a really cohesive story and something interesting that I wanted to make. But yeah, believe me, after I made it, I went, Oh man, this could have lived as a feature and, and, and you know, possibly could have been more successful that way. I'm not sure, but all I knew is I needed to tell this story and I wanted to give it uh, as much runtime as I could to give it the real, um, you know, the credence and the, and the, and the draw and the power that it deserves. It's according to your like IMDB, which is not hundred percent proof, but you, you have, you've done a few short films, you've done some music videos, so you know how to direct a film. Right. Was, this, was this your longest uh, film, like the long, longest running project you've done to date? It is. It is the longest running project. And definitely it'll be my longest short I ever make. I think I can say that confidently. But yeah, I mean, my sort of looking on the horizon is is uh, a feature film here that I want to be getting into production in the next couple of years. So 
so yeah i mean i've, I've definitely uh, got a little taste of what it's like making a feature you could say by making brink you know just based on its length and uh, overall size of the locations and everything we had going on so tell me about the your cast because uh obviously the the your lead character he's in every single scene it's kind of told from his point of view so where did you find your your lead actor yeah, that was that was an interesting process because I'm trying to think now, I'm trying to really remember how we found every everybody. But Ben Ben Dextre is the lead actor. He's really great because he sort of came out of the blue and and we'd been friends on Facebook and he was in the local film industry to Vancouver. And I had already screened other actors. We'd done you know uh, test runs, test auditions. And I hadn't found my Ethan, but Ben just, I, I, I think I put out a Facebook post saying, Hey, looking for a lead actor, uh, who, who's down. And he, he's one of the first ones that responded, killed the, 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 the screener that we did for him. And the best part, and this was one of the caveats I've approached every single candidate for this lead role, which, which was you have to be comfortable with possibly having to swim for your life because we're going to film at a river mm -hmm. and snorting a, a lot of fake cocaine <laughs> or perhaps real cocaine you know or yeah well yeah if yeah in the context of the film and, <laughs> but that's your expense yeah but that's yeah basically yeah but um <laughs> yeah no thankfully it wasn't real but he he probably would have been down if it was real yeah <laughs> he worked in the grip department on the film but anyways um he he came on board totally happy to do it despite all that and he stayed on board throughout our, our production process which i mean we we were in production on that for almost two years so um yeah so yeah. then yeah so this is a pretty sizable uh, budget you got lots you got some police cars you got like you said you got that that one scene it's like then you're kind of playing with the camera because it's all kind of from his what he sees his perspective what is like in terms of like uh the budget you don't have to, you don't have to say the budget but in terms of like I'm, I'm assuming you maximized everything's everything that that you spent is on on the screen that's a great way of putting it because yeah it's pretty much you could say every dime every penny that we invested has <laughs> has affected the the outcome of the piece in some way so uh, what you're seeing is really um yeah because i mean we we did it for under 10 grand right and that's that's in canadian funds so i mean even less <laughs> you're converting that um to the us dollar but yeah it was it was ambitious for for the money we had yeah and the interesting thing about your film is that is that usually like a film like this is like the heist or the the crime is at the end it's like the last act and you kind of like it's not the case in this film where like, it's more about the, the after effects, which is the film, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Can you rephrase that a bit? I don't know if I totally. No, like, I mean, like usually in a, in a crime movie, the, the, the heist is the, is the last act. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, great point. I mean, yeah, I, I knew the heist would play out around the midpoint of the film and then, I mean, so much of this, and this is why I want it to be a feature, is because so much of this story of him surrounds his family and, and what goes on there before, during, and after this heist. So 
I mean, if it could have been even 10 minutes longer, five minutes longer, it would have been a great as well. But obviously we had to keep it to a short film kind of runtime. And yeah, the, the reason, the main reason to keep the heist in the middle is because there's this whole sort of like a plot B plot type of storytelling where we have this detective who's trying to crack the case. And we, you know, we see all this evidence laid out and then he's, discovering things and then ben's trying to obviously or ethan you know is trying to stay hidden not to you know spoil too much but yeah 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 it was it was a lot about the mystery of it and and the cracking the case type of um drama that that played out so it's sort of like it's it's the second for me like the second act starts when the detective shows up right it's almost like the fugitive in a sense to watch it but if you ever watch uh, yeah. the future, right and harrison ford right yeah, yeah. tommy yeah. Lee jones shows up yeah exactly. the second act that, that's when the second act appears in your film yeah that's when the second act starts is when the, the detective shows up in the film totally. and kind of becomes the second main character exactly yeah people and people loved him too i mean i, I remember asking my parents who their favorite actor was or uh, performer and then they're like Yep, definitely that detective. He just nailed it. And yeah, we we're lucky to have him on board. I was <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. And then you got some uh I was curious about the rain shot. Though there's like there was this is something that was happened during filming. I I know it's Vancouver, it rains a lot, but it's really yeah. effective to the tone of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that point. And <laughs> It was never intentional. I, I wanted to film on a clear day just because logistically it would just make everything so much easier. Yeah. And it got to the point where it pushed off shooting that scene for so long because of the weather or simply people's schedules and all this. And I finally put it out to everyone. I'm like, so guys, we're going to do this. I'm setting a date Saturday next week. We're doing it. Final day. This was day 10. So this is the last day of production. And, and I was like, all right, We'll just balls to the wall to make this fucking thing, right? <laughs> and I because I was so fed up. And then we finally get to the day, and I hear on the news it's torrential rainfall for the entire weekend. And it'd be one of like it was monsoon weather essentially, and it would be one of the rainiest days on record for this one nook of uh of um, Pit Meadows where we're shooting about 40 minutes outside of Vancouver. And and we get to the set and the the ditch at the left and right sides of the road is, is almost overflowing. And we're trying to drive this, you know, convertible Mustang through this torrential rainfall around bends and all that. And then yeah. we just said, all right, we got to do it. Right. Um, and we did it. And basically what we captured is what you see. Sort of like how you mentioned every dollar is basically reflected in the final thing. Yeah. Every, almost everything of what we shot made it into that scene because it was just so hectic to try to shoot anything and, and get any clean it, uh, footage. So, yeah, but, but then, but then to your point, I mean, it, it sort of adds to the tone, right? And then we're frantic, just like he's frantic in the rain, like literally in that sense trying to <laughs> try to survive yeah. yeah he doesn't see clear he doesn't see clearly right because it's yeah it's, it's, yeah yeah exactly so that was cool that was that was i'm curious the guy the real the guy that's inspired how long how long was he in prison for he was there for five years five years okay yeah so he had, there's multiple counts i guess right because he took off and 
Yeah. Yeah. There is, there was, I'm trying to remember. So, so in the real life story, he didn't assault any officer. There wasn't anything um, like that, except for when he robbed the, the armor truck. So there was a, that incident where he spray painted or <laughs> uh, maced the, the uh, armor truck guard. So that's probably what did got most of his time. And then obviously the money itself, he had to pay back a sizable amount because of the money he stole. So there was also that, but we didn't, we never went into that in drink, obviously, yeah. because it just be past its runtime. But yeah. Did he reconcile with his wife? Yeah. Yeah. Really? In the, yeah. In the, yeah. That, well, that's part of what captivated me about this story is that uh, she she stuck beside him through through the whole thing the whole ordeal um i mean i don't know na- about nowadays i don't know his private life but i just know yeah. kind of from from what was put out about this news story she was um she was there so yeah yeah so you you quote uh, uh Chris, christopher rice at the end of the movie who's christopher rice I, so I don't know him myself. I haven't read his books. I just know he's uh, he's an author from what I, I believe. Uh, he's an yeah. author. And he's... Uh, I, w- I just scoured the internet for quotes because I, I thought it would tie it up nicely. And I, uh, I've always appreciated when a film does that and has some sort of message they're conveying through it. And I knew the message that of, you know, of this film was... was broad enough but not at the same time it's it's niche in a sense of it weaves together time time with loved ones and then money and how we value both and how both sort of intersect throughout our lives and there was another one by tony robbins that i was going to use i'm trying to remember what it was <laughs> the motivational speaker guy the motivational yeah the motivational speaker guy but i ended up going with this one and I thought it really kind of, you know, wove everything together nicely. Yeah, yeah. And plus, Tony Robbins has a polarizing uh, response <laughs> from people, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, one of my producing partners was like, no, no, don't use the Tony Robbins one. Yeah, you know, he scams people out of their life savings to come to his shows. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, it's 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 kind of like fast food psychology i guess right so it's, but that's yeah. a whole other thing yeah right a whole other thing but a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm not judging it i'm just saying like, yeah like he, yeah he can, he can pump you up for like for like a, a day or so and then reality yeah sets in, right Ex- so exactly yeah okay so so this is a pretty ambitious film so tell me about your relationship uh with your your dp did you guys like lots of handheld shots i'm seeing yeah did you guys storyboard did you storyboard things did you like have a like a pretty pretty concise shot list what was your process yeah so i was the dp funny enough okay. and uh yeah and i did storyboard most of it although i honestly i threw it out at one point or i simply didn't finish a portion because of just moving into production so quick but but yeah, it was all it was all very methodically planned out. And I storyboard everything I do because I just go into production feeling so much more confident and we're going to pull off all these shots, you know, and it's going to be cohesive to the story and what we're trying to do. So, yeah, I storyboarded most of it and basically shot it like I do most of my work and yeah, I mean, I don't know too much what else to say. Actually, I guess I can I speak about the 
the visualization process about coming up with the look and all that. I mean, I I've seen uncut gems prior to making this film. And I don't yeah. know if you've, you, you've yeah, seen, I've seen it. it yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's uh, Adam Sandler. And I just love the look of that and the handheld and the gritty tone, the color and the, the grain and, and everything. So I referenced that heavily for the look of Brink among with, um, films like ozark and mindhunter and some of those crime shows that i've really dug yeah yeah so so yeah it, it was influenced by uncut gems primarily and and even down to the film stock the the digital grain added to the film is is the exact same stock they used of film um and then the colors was a very specific uh custom not fully custom but um, partially custom let that was used to really sell that look and and create that feel of this world and and just this um i mean it was punchy and it was obviously gritty and i think that helps sell his world view and and what he's going through in his very scatterbrained or frantic yeah. type of personality and and yeah so no it, but it's funny thematically yeah. it's a similar film than on come gens whereas the main character is is family guy not a very good one yeah <laughs> and then yeah like he's looking for the, the always looking for the the easy way out right always looking for yeah the, the the not the hard-working way to make money but the easy way to make money so precisely yeah yeah exactly and i i love uh films that star an anti-hero someone that you'd never normally root for in in real life you'd be like oh like oh they should be in prison whatever whatever yeah uh, but, you know, we make them likable enough. So you want to go on this uh, adventure with them and figure out how they change and, and whatnot. Yeah. I think people, people are interesting and they, and they're, they fight their fears and they, they do ballsy things. We, we, as an audience like them, that seems to be the consensus. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, definitely agree. So we sent you the audience to you and the audience feedback. What did you, what did you think what the audience had to say about your film? I loved it. Yeah, it was really refreshing to hear from all those different perspectives. I mean, I guess I'm curious now to ask you, are, are they are they filmmakers themselves or are they just general? I think viewers? it is maybe half and half. A lot of most people just love people just love films. That's a general kind of consent. That's usually the people who watch it, these type of short films. Cool. OK. Mostly, yeah. Mostly film lovers. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, I, it's, I sense that there was a strong love of film and and they sort of knew the different aspects about what went into a film. So they're able to pick apart and comment on different things. And it was overall very positive. And I appreciated the, uh, the insights that uh, they are giving. So what are you doing? So what are you up to next? You, you, you want to, I'm, I'm assuming you want to make a feature film. Yep. That's the goal. That's what I'm currently in early development for working with a friend and actually taking some of his true stories and uh, in, in the eighties and making that into into screenplay here so that is the longer term and, and then in the shorter term i'm in post right now on a, another short film actually and this time uh about 15 minutes uh, 15 14 15 minutes uh so a little shorter and more uh i guess easier to manage uh, but yeah that's uh, about uh, two brothers and their terminally sick mother and it's a basically a coming of age melodrama about how they reconcile their differences and sort of have to come together. And yeah, that's my current uh, 
project and then just looking towards the future with everything. I'm, I'm excited. You're always a one man band. Like obviously a huge crew you got here, actors, but you produced it, you wrote it, you directed it and you cinema, you're the cinematographer as well. And I'm assuming you edited most of it as well. So that's pretty, yeah, that's a lot of hats. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. And for this current short alphabet soup, it's called, I'm taking more of a backseat in certain areas and, and I have a producing team that's uh, another executive producer with myself that's so taken off a lot of the load. And, uh, you know, I had a cinematographer this time and then I'm, I'll have people doing, uh, you know, most of the respective tasks and I won't have to cross over too much. And, and that's how I've I, that's how I've wanted to do it for the longest time. But um, but I found, you know, in the past is just about finding those people and those really passionate individuals that I can trust and and now it's I'm happy to say it's happening. So so yeah, it's great to be able to uh to work with a team and really uh network with with others. Well, congratulations on the film this film and hopefully we'll talk again when you make your next film. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks so much for everything and this podcast and what you're doing with the festival. I I really found value in it and I appreciate what you're doing. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five.